0: This is Tony Agnese, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. This is episode number 10 of our third season. The Storytellers debuts live on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube at the Fiat Ministry Networks, and then later that evening on my YouTube page at Tony Agnese. Each week on the program, we feature an inspirational guest who will not only discuss his personal faith journey and the ministries that they share as authors and speakers and bloggers and radio TV hosts. And uh, tonight uh, is no exception. My guest is Jim Sano. I've been looking forward uh, to this interview um, since Jim and I became kind of of, uh, Instagram friends, I think, over the years back uh, last fall. His uh, book uh, is his first novel, and it's entitled the father's son. I'll see if I can frame this without getting reflections off the lighting here. And um, Jim is um, grew up uh, in a, an Italian-Irish family in Massachusetts. He's the husband and father of two daughters, a lifelong Catholic. He's a teacher, consultant, and a businessman. And uh, he's got degrees from a million different places, but my favorite is Franciscan University right here in uh, Steubenville, Ohio, that he's working on his master's degree at. And uh, this is first uh, Jim's first novel, and um, he, it has received uh, very early on the Catholic Writers Guild seal of approval for editorial integrity and faithfulness to Catholic teaching. Jim resides in the great state of Massachusetts. Jim Sano, welcome to the Storytellers.
1: Hi, Tony. It's an honor to meet you. Uh, like you said, we've we've kind of connected over social media, but never really talked. Almost in person, yes, and we're getting closer to terrific. meeting in person. So it's uh, That's terrific appreciate being on the show.
0: Well, I started into your book, and I, I think I told you right before we came on, I'm about three quarters of the way through. I read the first half of it the first night, and I couldn't put it down. And, you know, there are so few um, books, in my opinion, that are Catholic in nature, for men. There's a lot uh, of, you know, of of books written for women, uh, but this particular one really speaks to the heart of men. How did you come about uh, uh, wanting to really do something that talked about uh, the the male experience and and faith? Yeah. So um,
1: when I was younger, I always wanted to write a book and um, I didn't necessarily have to have it published. It was just one of my dreams and life and and everything. And then as I went along and my faith grew and I started seeing this need for um, people that are drifting away from the faith because no one's really explained it to them. There's lots of misconceptions out there. And while there are great resources that I've come to know through Catholic Answers Live and a lot of the great apologists and evangelists that are out there, you know, not a lot of people are seeking them out, you know, at the front end of the journey. And what I wanted to do was, Really follow your lead, and and obviously Jesus taught stories through intriguing stories that were relatable. I mean, that's the way he taught the faith and truth. And it just struck me that if I could come up with a story that was intriguing, that got people's attention, and they wanted to read through it, they wanted to follow this character's journey through to the end, from this you know from the brokenness that he had as a child to wholeness as an adult, um, that would be something that might draw some people in to read the story. And then along the way, weaving in the fullness of the Catholic faith was something that was intrigued me as a, an interesting idea in a way as an alternative way to kind of offer the faith. And, you know, as I started researching and learning more and more about my faith and seeing the beauty of it, what really struck me was that Jesus left us a faith that was not only relevant, but essential to living the life that, that God has planned for us. He's got this plan, we just have to trust it. And we tend to like to drift towards our own plan. So men tend to read nonfiction books, right? 85% of fiction books are, written, are read by women. Mm-hmm. Um, so this story really follows um, the journey of someone that had a trauma when he was uh, a young boy And he's kind of coped with it by achievement and and, material success and the things, and it's had an effect on his relationships. And he happens upon someone uh, unexpectedly and develops his friendship. And it's lost out of friendship, I think, especially for men, uh, is something that can really help go on that journey with somebody. So I felt moved to do that. And then I got inspired along the way, and I think that was really the Holy Spirit uh, guiding that story as it started to unfold. And um, I will have to tell you, the research was great. I loved learning it. And then I had to sit down to do the writing. And I said, okay, this is going to be painful. And it ended up being probably the most fun I've had in my life doing anything. And that was because I really felt like the Holy Spirit was guiding that process, just mm-hmm. opening up new characters and the way the story went. So that was neat. And the, the male aspect of it just kind of came out. Uh, we've had book study groups and and mostly attended by women, but the ones on the father's son is pretty 50-50 with men and women. And I've had a great response from, from both men and women, but I think it's the men that said I've never read a novel or i just never read them but this this really grabbed me cuz it had both in there guys want to learn something when they read mm-hmm. and so this had the story to draw them in and make it relevant and it had the content i think that uh, i think they're looking for when they go through a book they want to make sure that time was invested you know it was worth their yeah. time
0: well one of the one of the things that i enjoyed most about the book was as as the story develops you bring in some some catholic teachings but I think you do it in such a way that it it, it doesn't interfere with the story. It just complements the story as it moves forward. And a lot of life lessons learned through, you know, through the course of of following the the main character uh, of the book. you You mentioned this idea of uh, of a lack of friends. And um, what I find, and I really would like to get your comments on this, Jim, is that a lot of guys, you know, we have buddies in high school and we go off to college and we've got our pals and then one by one we get married off and we go our separate ways. And, and for the most part, men uh, are almost put in a position or they put themselves in a position of going it alone, of doing it themselves. And uh, many uh, guys have these wounds that need healing, but they, they, they kind of lost their way in how to do it. And don't have uh, other guys in their lives who you know hold them accountable and uh, and coach them along or or somebody that they can trust to share with. Do you find that to be the case? That that just seems to me to be the type of guy that that could benefit from reading um, the Father's Son.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, I know from my own life, um, you know, my vocation was okay. I'm gonna you know make sure I keep my faith first. My marriage was gonna be Right up front as the next thing because to me relationships is what life's all about and then being a father and when you're doing that and you're working full time some of the friendships you had you know you just you're not fitting them in i would play basketball go out for beers after afterwards with the guys but you're not having those conversations where a lot of that stuff is going to come up i've been fortunate to have some friends through work that um, we would go out for beer after work and have some of those conversations and a friend of mine that um a very good friend of mine because 17 years we worked together and really started out I don't want to hear anything about God so don't bring it up right and, and so I wouldn't push it and everything but it's become something that along the way through trust you could have those conversations about a lot of different things and start seeing different perspectives and he actually ended up reading the book and I thought he wasn't gonna like it and and he loved it he said it changed him in a way that was profound and so I lost him as an employee because he retired early because I want to make something of my life that meaningful. (laughs) So it was pretty neat to have a friend like that that was open to have those conversations and to have a book that gives them a place that can go and read things without someone coming at them sometimes and preaching to them or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the book does offer an opportunity if you want to hand somebody something where they they may be kind of interested or they didn't know some of the things that are in there, and it gives them kind of a non-threatening way to explore some of those things that are so important to life.
0: And I think that's important because uh, most of the men I know don't want to be hit over to the head with uh, uh, with these things. Uh, but if we can if we can introduce some things, you know, I I I want to talk a little bit about providence. You know, God seems to put the right people on our path. We just have to open our eyes to it and uh, in this particular instance you know it it may take a while you know it uh, it doesn't happen overnight we just don't no. uh, say hello and all of a sudden somebody's sharing uh, some of the you know the wounds and uh, that need healing in their life yeah i have found i've gone
1: to some men's groups that have started in the area and it's actually a, attracted a pretty good group of guys that come a good number of guys to listen to something like Bishop Barron's uh, Catholicism, something forever, and then sit around and talk about it. And it's interesting how much conversation they, they it draws them in to have those conversations where generally said, there's no other place they can go for it, right? There's no place they can even explore it. So they start hearing other guys saying, I didn't know you even thought about this stuff or I never thought of it that way. You gave me a different thing to kind of consider in my life. So it's very powerful when you do have other men that open up and are open to sharing or are open to even hearing something that's saying so i'm encouraged by some of these men's groups that are, are springing up around the world i i did get to meet and i think one of the best things about this whole process has been meeting people such as yourself lots of just wonderful people that are out there trying to share the faith i, I met a guy named robert tunmeyer that runs the catholic men's leadership alliance and he's trying to pull together worldwide all the different groups and he offers these summits and resources for men and it's gaining very good traction so i would have i wouldn't have known they even existed so that gives guys a place to go to hear other men speak and and i think this story kind of is something that's an opportunity for both men and women but it definitely has appeal to the men that have read it
0: I think so too. I think uh, you know, small groups uh, of men are, are very important. I I have a group of guys that I go to mass with every morning, and uh, we're called fools for Christ from <laughs> Second Corinthians. And the best Jim, if you knew be. if you knew some of these guys, you know how true that uh, that statement is. Yeah. Uh, but it's an opportunity to get together and to uh, yeah, we talk football and we talk all the, all the normal things, but also. Uh, inability to, to, you know, to share our faith. A couple of men's groups have used some of my books as a kind of um, conversation starters. You know, they'll they'll read one of the stories with scripture, and then I ask those questions. And there was a Methodist men's group that, asked, uh, that I sat in with, and some of the discussions they had were so rich and so much, so better than my stuff, that. but it just, it was something that got them going. I can see some of the you know some of the examples in your book as the book develops that really would be a great uh, a, a great conversation starter for for men's groups and so forth. so I think not only can you just get it and read it and get and get something out of it, but I think you know I could see you getting this in front of a lot of small groups of men who could you know read it and then share some of the examples of faith that you use uh, throughout the book right um.
1: We had several uh, book discussion groups here in Massachusetts, and I attended some of them. And what was so encouraging was how lively the conversations were and how they were attaching something to somebody's life rather than in a theoretical sense. And what I noticed was that you know, my, my wife has run a number of Bible study groups that have turned people on. And once you see them, the light come on. Mm-hmm and the thirst they have for learning the faith, it, it's amazing. So I was seeing some of that in this book discussion group. I've, met, I've reached out to different uh, archdioceses around the country. Um one 10 week program on, I was surprised that they were willing to spend that much time on it. A 10 week program on a discussion group on the father's son that they're going through right now and I'm gonna attend the last one. So it's really encouraging to see you know, both men and women enjoying the conversation that comes out of looking at this story as it unravels.
0: Mm-hmm. Jim Sano is my guest. The book we're talking about is his novel, *The Father's Son*, and it's a it's a fantastic story that I think I, I think women enjoy reading it as well. But this this is a story that I think a lot of uh, men would would really enjoy. Uh Jim, the you know the statistics that I see uh, from Barna and Pew and others that. You know, we don't have the men in the pews that we once did, you know. Uh, um, sometimes I'll go to mass and it just seems like it's 70, 80 uh, percent women. And we're losing the younger people as well. Young guys in their 30s, um, many of them are calling themselves none when asked what their religious affiliation is. And, um, I, I, you know, you wonder out loud, how can uh, people like yourself and, and, and others, myself, how do we reach some of these guys? Do we reach them at the gym with basketball or do we you know how do we how do we get that initial uh confidence where they they trust us enough to to be open to the evangelization even as mild as it might be? Yeah, it might be one of the biggest challenges going on today, uh, certainly at
1: work. Um, there's plenty of people from early twenties. On to, to uh, retirement age, that are in the mix there, that can see you your example, just how you live, what your character's like. You know, if you make it attractive to them, you seem to be joyful and up most of the time. You treat people with a certain respect. There's, if there's something attractive about it, they may want to find out more about you, and that, that's one way at least they can be aware that that there are people out there that still do care about the faith and practice it. Um, I've had a few people that have gotten back to me and one guy from Ireland was, and they were about 28 years old and had read the book and wrote uh, a very moving, you know, review of the book and said, you know, this main character in the father's son is close to 40s when he's kind of making this journey that he's on. and, And he's saying taking stock in life is something that he has started thinking about and that the book kind of nudged him to start earlier than the character in the book. So to see someone in their late 20s, kind of, that had drifted away from the faith, looking at possibly coming back and having a story that kind of helps them on that journey to keep coming in this direction, you know, as we're moving. So hopefully the book offers that resource, work is a place to do it. When you play basketball, you'd have people at all kinds of ages. So there's, there's tiny opportunities here and there. To be involved, I think, with them, but mm-hmm. hopefully through our kids, we light candles to get out there too. So
0: yeah, amen. You know that I want to. You know, gosh, you, you. It looks like you're you're um, a joyful guy. Uh, you know, I'd like to have some of that for myself. One of the one of the things that I I, I see tied together, Jim, and I'd love to get your opinion on this is, um, you know, we have forty million kids uh, in the United States with no father or father figure in the household, and in the African-American community, it's all, it's close to 80%. And it's going to be over half of all kids growing up with a, without a father figure in just a couple of generations. And, and the lack of somebody to model, you know, the, the lack of, of somebody that you can, you know, I want to be like dad, uh, to me is, uh, probably at the root of a lot of the problems we're having in society today. What, what's your spin on that?
1: Yeah, like I mentioned, the, the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance, that's their focus, is if you get men to see what being real men is all about and how much God and faith is, is part of that and really stepping up to our responsibilities in the family, then you kind of save the community, you save the nation, you save the world. I really see it all tied together is that, me- that male role within the family to be a mentor, to be that leader, I think, in there. And to, to know how to treat, you know, your wife and your kids with that dignity that lets them know how God sees us is so important. So I agree that that missing aspect within so many young people's lives is is, is pretty sad. Um, as you know, as you're reading The Father's Son, that's one of the main parts into this is, is, you know, his journey in terms of what his role is, what's a real man all about. And it looks very different than the, what, what the world tells us. Yeah. So it's giving true. that kind of witness and seeing how it impacts the person as they start to see that, I think, was a critical aspect of something I tried to get across in, in this story.
0: I talk to a lot of people who say, yeah, I want to write a book. And and uh, I, I always say, well, that's great, you know, uh, get to it. And, so, and and I, I wish you would maybe share, I think a lot of people would be interested. How did you get from, I know you did like five years of research. How did you get from point A to, to a finished product that you're now out uh, promoting?
1: Yeah. So like I said, I always wanted to write something. Uh, I didn't know what I if I could write anything, but I, I wanted some kind of story. And this story kind of started to click. And it was at the same time that it was starting to... Um, do a lot more investigation into my faith. So I'd be listening to Catholic Answers live on the way home. I went to the St. John's Institute for the New Evangelization. They had a whole course on Catholicism, a whole year with a group of people. I started reading more of some of the, the names that, you know, too long to list. And you start seeing this amazing, the pieces of the puzzle of this story that God has put together and the beauty of it. And you want to share it. And um, so I guess, like you said, it took five to seven years of of really hard research. So I had piles of index cards on different topics, whether it was marriage or or love or being a father and and, uh, the different misconceptions about the Catholic church. And I really dug in. I wanted to make sure that the theology was solid. I wanted to make sure that the psychology in there, because if you take the power of good psychology, where people often have these hurts in their lives and they resist moving forward. I don't know if you know this, the cognitive psychologist, uh, David Burns, but he said, you know, if he had, um, he developed the the cognitive therapy approach to things. And he said, if you had an easy button on a desk and you handed it to to the, the patient and said, look, if you press that button, all of your worries and anxieties would go away. Very few people would press that button because of the resistance of feeling like, you know, I want to pull back from that. I don't want to kind of dive through it. So we have this this sense of avoidance and and different things that cause us to, to back off and not go through it. So this character has to push through a lot of these hurts and pains to get to the truth. And I got intrigued by the psychology piece. So I started taking some courses in that. And I started, like I said, I did all that research and I sat down to do the writing and it took about seven months to write the story and, and it was just great fun doing it. And it took another three years to edit it. So <laughs> that's the painful part of it to try yeah. to find a publisher, obviously, and also the editing process to get it. When I finished the book, it was 750 pages long and and I didn't want to touch it, but now it's about half, you know less than half that size. And I, it's just a better book when you have mentors and good editors and people in the process. So my wife has gone through the pains of many edits of taking my Lynn English out of it <laughs> and, and kind of getting it into a much more readable form and then some professional editors to really bring it home. Uh, and I had a lot of beta readers. So it was a process to get to the end and i and i felt really good about every all the changes that were made along the way so luckily i had a publisher that was wanted to work with me to get the book out that i wanted out there rather than them trying to change everything to make it something that might yeah. make more money or whatever so
0: i know that when i did my first book jim uh, the first uh, the editor called me on the phone and said i'm sending you back the uh, the edit, uh, I bled all over your book. <laughs> There's more red ink than black, <laughs> and, uh, and it's kind of humbling, you know, when you uh, when you go through it. And then you you go through a couple of edits like that, and you you, you kind of get it to where it. Um, and boy, I got a lot of bad English in my <laughs> mind as well at that, that uh, fifth grade level of writing that I do, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 a process, and you know a lot of people uh, talk about it. Very few people actually get started doing it. Tell me about what's coming up. I I, I see you got another project in the works. Yeah. So for some reason, uh, an, a story
1: started coming up as I was writing it. So I've actually written seven manuscripts. I've got the second book coming out in December on December eighth. Um, the father son had come out on August fifteenth. So you can see a devotion to Mary kind of theme in this. And that's something that came out of the writing process is I really hadn't paid much attention to Mary in my prayer life. And Michael O'Brien, who's one of the more well-known fiction writers uh, for Ignatius Press, had that was his main recommendation. Don't forget about the prayer part of this whole process. And it really made a difference. When I started praying to Mary on it, I couldn't find a publisher and within several weeks, all of a sudden I had one. It was like, what happened here? <laughs> you know, so um, that was that was an interesting part of it.
0: That's really great. Give our, uh, our uh, viewers and our listeners, uh, where can they find your work and where can they find out more about you? And and where can they, uh, they get a copy of the book, The Father's Son?
1: So the best place to get uh, a copy of The Father's Son would be on Amazon.com. I have a website, www.jimsano.com. Um, so on there it has you know a summary and first few chapters of the father's son, and you could you can click on to go into Amazon from there. The book that's coming out in December is called Gus Busby. It's actually the second book of this series, and it's a very timely story um, about an an old Italian curmudgeonly guy that had lost his son to gang violence in Boston 17 years ago. And then he lost his wife three years ago. So he'd pretty much given up on life. Downstairs is a single black mother and her son and there's unlikely friendship that develops between two of them. And when you talk about mentorship and having a real a male role model in it, that's what that story is all about. And it's really about forgiveness and mentoring and stuff like that. So you can see first three chapters of that book on, on my website as well. And that will be coming out in December and there's a few more on the way. So we're still working on them. So I've been enjoying the storytelling piece that I didn't know that I would have is kind of showing up out of somewhere.
0: Well, that sounds like a very, very exciting book. I'm looking forward uh, to, to seeing that as well. Jim, uh, it's been a pleasure, you know, meeting you uh, after, uh, you know, uh, many exchanges on social media. Here's the book again. It's called, The Father's Son. And uh, you can get it uh, at Amazon uh, and uh, go to Jim's uh, website, jimsano.com. And you can read not only some ideas there, see some of his blog material and uh, read a couple of chapters of his first or of his upcoming book. Jim, thank you for being with us. It's been a pleasure having you here on The Storytellers. And thank you for what you do, and
1: thank you for your books. I, I've enjoyed those as well; they're just a wonderful resource. So, thank you for that.
0: Thank you so much. Well, for more information on uh, booking uh, me as a speaker for your church or organization, you can go to my website, TonyAgnesi.com, and don't forget to visit our YouTube page at Tony Agnesi, and you'll see this interview there on the YouTube page uh, when it debuts. And uh, be sure to check out my new video series called Five minutes with tony to get jim's book the father's son go to amazon.com and it's available there as well our radio program is produced by the living bread radio network and it airs sundays at four o'clock along the way of the living bread radio network and then at immediately following that airing at four thirty, it's available at the storytellers Radio.com and later that week at the at the um Catholic podcasting site, breadboxmedia.com. It's available where all your podcasts are as well. This is Tony Agnesi. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Storytellers.